0: Hi, I'm Anna Chandi. As you are aware, I have been in the field of mental health uh, for over 27 years, and I've worked with over 500 clients during these times, 500 to 1,000 during these times, and I started this podcast to share with you some of my observations and learnings from uh, my interaction and engagement with Uh, people from different walks of life. Uh, This being the last uh, month of the year, I thought I would uh, end this podcast as a conversation with Brian, who's going to ask me some questions about what I have learned and what I would like to share with you. Okay. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey
1: to a brave new you. Hi, Anna. It's good to be in conversation with you. And uh, I'd just like to get uh, some of your thoughts as we wind down towards the close of the year. So let me start by saying uh, clearly it's been One of the most tumultuous and unprecedented years, um, and that I think would be an understatement. Uh, As you personally look back on 2020, what are some of the things that have stood out for you, both from your personal standpoint and for brand Anna Chandy?
0: So I think uh, 2020 was for me uh, actually both disruptive and yet um, exciting. And successful. Uh, disruptive from the perspective that you know you we had there was a certain momentum in the way life was going over the last few years, a certain pace. And suddenly uh, this COVID virus put life at standstill in that way, put momentum. Uh, it was not just a pause, it was we had to press the stop button. And uh, so I thought that was part of the disruption of pace and momentum. Uh, Having said that, I think that stop button enabled uh, me to take a few steps back and to already start uh, reconfiguring and realigning myself to uh, this change. And I think this change is going to continue for at least till the vaccine comes out. Um, but this exciting part of that was that during these times was when I launched the brand, and uh, now at the end of the year, what has been very, very exciting and gratifying was that it has been successful, that you've launched a brand in a disruptive time, and yet it has emerged as a winner for me.
1: Correct. Yeah so can you talk a little bit about that uh, particular aspect the fact that uh, you chose to uh, go ahead with your plans uh, and i don't think there was any uh, delay in time frame what was that uh, you know that that gut feeling um that actually enabled you and where did you receive the strength from to and and perhaps the courage the creative courage to go ahead and and do what you were planning to do
0: So Brian, uh, 2019 was when my gut uh, intuitively said that I was ready and my profession was ready to convert my individual learnings into a brand, a brand that is going to be ethical, a brand that in a way is going to have some guidelines and also in a way have some professional me leaving behind some professional footprints. Uh, So I followed that gut instinct and I started working with, uh, you know, with uh, Cracker and Rush who are to me really professional in the area of uh, developing uh, and creating a brand. Uh, One thing which I want to tell you, whether it's been in my personal life or in my professional life, I listen to my gut Mm -hmm. uh, because my gut... uh, Talks to me in a very um, non-logical way. It's it's a very deep sense. Mm-hmm. I can't I can't write it in bullet points like point one, point two, point three, how it works. But I get a very powerful, deep sense of direction, mm-hmm. and I follow that. Whenever I've got this deep, powerful sense of direction in my early years, and I didn't follow that because it didn't have any logical steps that end with a logical conclusion. Um, And therefore, I didn't follow my gut. That's when I failed. So I've had this experience of working with my gut and in a way allowing my gut to give me the course of direction and then also having the capacity to uh, take these few steps And have a a sense of faith and deep purpose uh, that it will unfold the way it's meant to unfold. Right. Um, right. So I'm not, in that way, I'm not scared that, okay, Mm. you know, I need to be scared that something's uh, going to happen.
1: Right. Very interesting. We'll we'll come back to that. Um, But uh, talking a little bit about uh, your learnings from this time, Uh, Can you talk us through what were some of the most important takeaways for you in your personal journey and how specifically you put these learnings to use?
0: Um, So I think uh, there are a few learnings that actually spread both my personal and professional journey. One very powerful learning is about instinct and gut. And therefore, when I say uh, that plays out both professionally and personally um so for example, we had started working on the brand. There was a lot of work done, and yet uh the plan was that the brand would unfold um, in March, April. Uh, I took that risk, and um, the brand was actually uh launched during. The lockdown. Mm. And uh, I think the risk for me was now when I look back, the risk was really believing that technology would take it further because I'm a person who thrives and does very well when I have that face to face interaction and face to face work with the team. Now I was working with different teams remotely. trusting technology, and therefore, um, I think that was a key learning that, again, to look at uh, and embrace my gut instinct saying, launch it during lockdown. Um, And I'd like to give an example. For example, the, you know, the digital uh, diary that was launched then was launched only just in technological exchange and also uh, it was during this lockdown that we in june that we launched the podcast mm. it was all based on technology and gut and trusting gut saying use technology uh, so professionally that was one huge learning that you need to uh, trust and you need to follow your instinct and you need to allow uh, what has to emerge allow it and let it kind of uh, crystallize let it root itself and let it slowly start uh, you know emerging in the way it's meant to be emerged um i think personally what i learned i had um, a few learnings which were very important i now believe that Gratitude and generosity, just like anxiety and depression are sisters, gratitude and generosity are sisters. That for me, if I needed to have, uh, when I believe so deeply in gratitude, I need to convey that gratitude through generosity. And the first step for me was about how do I, uh, how can I become more generous? And I think that was when. Again, during this time, the swastha manual was shared um, and it was shared, uh, was being built before it was being shared. It's generosity of information, generosity of learning. And that's coming because of my gratitude for everything that I've received uh, during the last few years and, of course, during 2020. The next learning that I had, which again I convert into both spaces is simplicity. Mm -hmm. Professionally, simplicity for me, I play out my value of simplicity in the kind of presentations I make, the kind of talks I give uh, or when I'm on any public platform or even in my one-on-one therapeutic sessions. The language I use is very simple. It's not clinical jargon. And I simplify things so that, you know, there is a sense of equanimity and equality. It's not about me being a psychologist and this other person not having that competence. So for me, that's about simplicity in my professional space. In my personal space, I have looked at simplicity, how the question I keep asking myself every day is, how can I simplify my life uh, more and more? So I've Mm. simplified it in in terms of the number of, uh, material possessions I need to have. I've simplified it in simple joys, like I've created a ritual during uh, this year, is because it gives me simple joy of every week ha- spending just one hour buying fresh flowers and arranging it in vases. I get a simple joy from that exercise. Uh, that's a way, another way I've simplified life. And then I simplified my relationships, and for me, that simplifying relationships means by being, by me being more open and authentic in my communication, and not complicating anything by uh, being trying my best not to be covert in any way. And the last, the last learning that I've had really is about the word meaningfulness. I think I've made a conscious decision that whether it's relationships, whether it's work, um, any form of engagement, it needs to be meaningful to me. Um, and if it's not meaningful, I'm, I'm not going to be actually engaging in it. And I think this these have been really, really key learnings for me this whole
1: year fantastic great so just to summarize uh, i think this is very um, important the points that you're making you first talked about um, uh, listening to your gut going ahead taking the risky decision what would have seemed a risky de- decision at the time to to launch the brand embracing technology embracing the so called new normal you talked about gratitude and generosity being uh, twin sisters. Then you talked about uh, simplicity and uh, not only in your practice, um, but also simplifying um, aspects of your personal life um, uh, within within your personal space. Uh, Also simplifying your relationships. And lastly, I think you talked about meaningfulness. Um, investing in those times, investing in people that really meant something to you and letting go of those things that were going to be a psychological drain on your time. Excellent. So, so let's talk, jump back a little and talk a little about, um, your work. Um, very interestingly, you, you completed a training for lay counselors at Rajpalli and working with the Rajas at Ramco. How important is, in your view, is training people for interventions outside the formal mental health care system? Is that a need specific to India or has that, has that been used
0: elsewhere? To me, I think it is a high priority in India um, simply because, you know, we can look at data and we can look at WHO where they've said that you need but many more uh, many more people in this domain but you're not going to be able to certify either psychiatrists or even counsellors so I think it's a priority uh, in the in the domain as such. Mm -hmm. Uh, I actually have come from a space where the lay counselling model I know it's a worked good model uh, because I've been trained you know as I said in 27 years ago in lay counselling and they followed the model that was being used in the UK called the Samaritans model. At that time, 25 years ago, this lay counseling model was being used really to work with cancer patients. And then, of course, it's morphed and into other areas too. Uh, but I always kept a, a tab on which are the other countries doing this. And I uh, I think I've shared with you earlier, I'm thoroughly impressed with this model that is used in Australia, where hairdressers and beauticians are trained in lay counseling skills because they find that that's a place where people spend a lot of time, they build a relationship, and therefore they can provide uh, lay counseling or what we call psychological first aid. Um, Working in this project, in the uh, uh, Atma Prasara project for me is possibly one of the, closing gifts that I've received simply because um, I think the time has come as part of my gratitude and uh, generosity, I need to move from just working with urban city people into community areas. And I'm so grateful that I've had this opportunity that was so gratifying post the training And therefore, I think this is yet another way I'm going to work as that if I feel gratitude and generosity, I need to work in areas where I've not actually worked before. And uh, semi-urban small towns are definitely a place of work.
1: Right. Got it. And and, uh, going forward... um, Do you think that this would be a model uh, that the rest of the country or other locations within the country can also adapt? And what do you think, uh, if so, what do you think would be the steps or the ways in which one could go about adopting such a model?
0: My dream is that in a few years, three years, uh, this would be a flagship model that people actually can replicate saying using the Atma Prasara model. Uh, It shouldn't be just called a lay counseling model. It should be called, we would like to replicate the Atma Prasara model. Uh, That's my dream. Uh, Knowing me, um, if I really dream something, I work very hard towards it just so that I feel that pure joy of uh, making my dreams come true. Uh, I think, yes, I think it needs, it will be used. I think I would think it would, In the immediate, I would see it being more used more probably in the south of India. But definitely, I think it will uh, be impactful and it would be used as a
1: model. Sure. And just before uh, we kind of wrap up with a couple of questions, I want you to spend a bit of time talking about the Swasta Manual, the handbook for counselors that you've created. Um, uh, Just just talk us through, you know, how you expect that uh, to be utilized by the mental health community.
0: I think the swasta ma- manual embodies all these values I've said. The manual has been released out of gratitude and generosity. It's meant for upcoming young counselors who are just finished college and need a kind of guideline or handbook. It can be used by lay counselors. It can be used by other people who are just interested in mental health in India. Uh, that's the generosity value. Uh, The manual, if you actually take a look at it and uh, have a read, is very simple. Uh, And the simplicity also shows in the kind, people always think a therapeutic session is very complex and complicated. You would see actually uh, that being uh, displayed, simplicity being displayed uh, in the embedded videos. Uh, the next part that I would talk about, it shows about me using gut and intuition because you can actually see a live session where I used my gut uh, to highlight certain, uh, you know, aspects in the therapeutic session. And uh, then what I also talk about meaningfulness, I think the Swasta model uh, is a model, is a manual for people who want to do lay counseling and feel the need to do something meaningful in their life and contribute. So the Swasta Manual embodies all these values of mine. It's very uh, simple and very well planned out in my mind. In fact, I got some feedback yesterday from uh, a professor in, in the University of Toronto in Canada, where they said they loved the layout and the simplicity, uh, simply because I think, What's important in the manual is it's again not complicated language. It's not, it says it's not a diagnostic tool, but it's layman's language giving you guidelines and giving you different approaches and also helps in people understanding some of the social issues which may impact the mind and some of the psychological issues which may impact the mind. So, in a way, it's a simple manual that covers. Uh, wide-ranging topics in a simplified way and uh, this being the first version once we start receiving the feedback i'm in the coming year we will incorporate the feedback so that it keeps getting better and better
1: great yeah yeah so uh just to wrap up anna this you know 2020 has been action-packed uh, you know, you launched the brand, the manual has come out, you launched the podcast, of course, you uh you know championed the the Adriprasara Prasara uh, project at Rajpaliam. Uh what, what can what what can all of us look forward uh from you in 2021? What does 2021 look like for Anna Chandi?
0: So actually let me tell you the first decision I've made after this experience is I'm not going to have this uh, December 31st uh, New Year gold plan mm. or a kind of, uh, you know, a planner. I think I'm going to embrace uh, moment by moment, week by week. And I think what, the, what you can expect from the brand and from me is uh, surprises which have been driven by my instinct, but they will be uh, positive st- uh, surprises which will uh, serve community and uh, people who know me both personally and professionally. And um, I think one thing that you can expect is that the number of associates that we have, they would be, uh, not only would the number increase, there would be a few more additional people coming on. And yet they will also be much more competent in terms of skill building. All the associates have, really really worked hard and been uh, studying and adding on skills so i think that's something that for sure all the uh, people would experience
1: fantastic so it's a year full of uh, the upcoming year is a year full of surprises the little moments uh, more learning and of course uh, pivoting around the the uh, points that you mentioned uh, gratitude and generosity simplicity and simplifying and meaningfulness Yeah. Yeah? yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Anna. Great chatting with you.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Wish you all a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Thank you. This is Mind Your Mornings with Anna Chandy, a fortnightly podcast that takes you on the journey to a brave new.